the steering mechanism proved to be a complete failure. Uh, yes, and then that, that was the A3, which yes. behaved as a rocket, but did not behave as a missile. Mm, no, that's uh, <laughs> probably a pretty good <laughs> way of putting it. You're listening to Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman. The Spud Man. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show. On this one, we'll be taking a deep dive into episode 69, uh, the Please Don't Look at Me episode aired in 2015. Uh, you know, looking back at this one, I do feel a bit of remorse. I was a bit harsh on my temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. So before we begin, I, I will say publicly, Gerald, my bad. I, I may have been a bit off base, you know. Oh, first of all, well, it's temporary, permanent co-host, and um, do do I have permission to speak this early in the episode? Uh, wow. Uh, okay, uh, Spud, thank you for the apology. As I no, did no, there, there, there's there's no apology. Okay, I just said my bad. You know, well, I, I may may have been a bit too tough on you on this particular episode. I didn't say, you know, for sure I was, okay? The, the key word is may. So don't get carried away here and misinterpret my magnanimousness for weakness. Okay. Oh, well, I, I thought, well, I thought for sure you were apologizing, but <clears throat> okay. I accept your watered-down version of one. Well, why don't we uh, let the listeners judge for themselves if you were mistreated in any fashion during this one? Before you start whining further, uh, let me introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give everyone like a decent chuckle, if you would. <laughs> uh, there you go. And yeah. after re-listening to this episode before we got to the studio to record this, I have to say... You really do owe Gerald a full apology, Spud. You were pretty mean to him. Thank well, you. mean is a subjective term, Aunt Dorothy. In my role as, as host, I, I often have to serve in the capacity of bad cop. You know, making sure the, the train runs on time. And uh, as you know, Gerald can often be an unsettling disturbance, uh, so to speak, you know, during the show. So I, I took action. Yeah, I, it's possible I was a bit too aggressive, you know, in my actions. All I can say is it's lonely at the top of an organization. Sometimes you have to make tough decisions. Am I going to be introduced here? If not, then I'll just keep playing Tetris. I'm crushing it right now, but I'm fine either way. Oh, babe, uh, if Spud won't formally introduce you, I will. Relax, everyone. I, I was just about to do it. And now here's our show's intern chance. You can say something now if you want. Well, maybe later. Right now, I don't really have anything to offer. Well, I, I do, Spud. I would like to say hello to everyone listening and welcome any newcomers to this podcast. Oh, okay, I, I will allow that. In, well, in can I, was... I ask if we'll be offered any snacks while we do this new podcast? We never had anything to eat or drink on that old radio show. I often found myself dehydrated towards the end of our shows. Uh, honey, don't worry. I brought you a variety of snacks in the Tupperware container right in front of you. I think you'll like what I brought. Okay, thank you. And 
Did you bring anything to drink? Oh, well, of course I did. I brought six or seven juice boxes in the flavors you enjoy. Oh, thank you, Dorothy. Hey, this isn't uh, like daycare. We can't, we can't stop everything so Chance can have a, you know, have a snack time or something. Let's 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 play a little bit of the opening to episode 69. It features our old designated laugher Gina, who was very pregnant uh, at this time and and toughed it out during the episode. We we really miss Gina. No offense, Aunt Dorothy. Oh, none taken. Uh, I've heard nothing but great things about Gina. It was tough filling her shoes. Yeah, you know, I, I follow her on Facebook. Uh, I think she seems way more happy now. Uh, the grind of being a designated laugher really kind of wore on her. Um, okay, now, now as I alluded to earlier, I, I, you know, I, I probably should admit that the title of this episode, you know, please don't look at me, was, yeah, the whole thing, the whole episode. It was just maybe not one of my proudest moments, you know, in the career. Is yes, I did actually implement an order for Gerald to, to not look at me during the show. I, I won't lie. I was kind of influenced by others in the talk show world at that time, you know, who, who put this thing, you know, into actual formal policy on their sets. So it sounded like a good, you know, kind of a good idea that, you know, people like, like Steve Harvey, Ellen, uh, her, her audience may have bought that warm and fuzzy sham she had going on camera, but her, her staff knew the truth. Uh, another was like Wendy Williams and and a ton of actors too, you know, on the movie sets. So you know, it just it yeah, it just sounded like a good idea back in 2015. But I I like to think I've grown since then. So anyway, just just roll it. Alrighty then, uh, I'm now supposed to acknowledge our temporary permanent co-host Gerald Holcomb. But but first, I want to say hello to our designated laugher Gina. Uh, hey, I hope all is well with you and the baby that is tagging along inside of you. You have a little uh, morning sickness tonight, or? Uh, well, yeah. Hello, Spud. I'm I, I'm doing well so far. I haven't thrown up, so you know. The cause of nausea during pregnancy is not completely understood. However, many studies link it to the production of the human chorionic gonadotropin hormone. Knock on wood. Ah, super. Uh, that's good to hear. Okay, so like I said, uh, Gerald Holcomb is uh, also here in the studio. A casual wink to the audience will get her done. Oh, I'm not a casual wink kind of guy, Spud. I want to wrap my arms around the listeners tonight and say how grateful I am that they have taken time out of their day to listen to our program. That's pretty awesome. Uh, don't kiss up too much, dude. Okay? Oh. I mean, come on. The heavy-handed approach doesn't work with my people. You may have mistaken them for an audience from, like, maybe The View or Ellen. I know my base, and they prefer the please-don't-make-eye-contact-with-me approach. Oh. They are very, very private people, okay? My cousin was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic years ago. He went through a bit of a rough patch last year, but right now he's functioning quite you well. You can't prevent everything. He's a surgeon and does mostly gallbladder removals. I mean, that is his specialty. Well, it's nice to know, Gina. But if that's the way you prefer to play it, then no problem. I just think you may be off on your assessment. My take is that all people love to be warmly embraced, you know, with a big bear hug, and that's what I do best. Listen, on the sales floor at South Seattle Carpet and Linoleum... Well, no, 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 I, no. Hey, according to a Harvard Business Review study, the most desirable traits in a salesman are modesty, conscientiousness, achievement orientation, curiosity, and a lack of gregariousness, self-consciousness, or discouragement. 
You know, you're, it's getting really ridiculous. You never miss an opportunity to get a plug-in for that place. Do they pay you for each on-air mention? Oh, absolutely not. I'm just quite proud of our establishment as we go the extra yard for our customers. Look, I, I hope you don't expect this yeah. show to try that shtick. You know, you just better not do that anymore because it doesn't work. It does not work. Paranoid <laughs> schizophrenics, which I've been told are a big part of our listenership really? and totally dig our show. Well, you know, they would ditch us in a second if we got too warm and cuddly. I know our audience. Well, uh, listen, I believe that even a paranoid schizophrenic would respond to the right pitch. You just have to know their sweet spot and throw one right down the middle for them. Okay, my cousin would never respond to someone like you, Gerald. No offense. Mm. He has an innate ability to see right through phony and Machiavellian people. He's the first guy I've introduced all my boyfriends to over the years. Americans love a winner. If they pass muster, then they can meet the parents. He's never been wrong. Um, could, could I just for a second revisit the topic of making eye contact? Because yeah. um, it's kind of been on my mind. I've been thinking a lot about it. And, you know, I was actually going to ask our executive producer if we could implement a new policy around here. And I'd say, let's just go for it and let's just see how it goes. It, it would actually just pertain to you, Gerald. Me? Uh, I will be requesting that you please avert my eyes from your sight line when we're together in the studio, like right now <laughs> is what I'm speaking of. That is a no-no for most stars in the entertainment industry. We, you know, just don't like to make eye contact with support staffers because it's very draining emotionally on us. Oh. Uh- Okay, I, I did not know this was something you felt so strongly about. Uh, you know, yes. my, my wife, she's expressed similar feelings about my gaze, I guess you could call it. I guess I have a very powerful glance when I look at people. She feels like I am, well, I'll call it eye-effing her in the evening hours, and it seems to make her very uncomfortable. I mean, I, I try to keep it under control, but there are gosh, all kinds of perversions. Gosh darn, she is so hot sometimes. Well, that last part was really unnecessary to share, right? Well, uh, so uh, you're you're still looking at me right now. Look, oh, please follow the new studio policy. All right. Okay, okay, but you know, everyone else here is looking at you. I mean, Gina, right now, uh, scanning the studio. Uh, look, our intern Anna is looking right at you now. When we go on break, do you want me to set her straight on the new policy? No, because she does not make me feel uncomfortable. Excuse me, you're doing it again. Look, look, please turn away. Yep, Spud, it's rude not to look at a person when he or she is talking directly to you. That policy will be very difficult for me to follow. Could you maybe look away when you're talking to me? Then that might be easier for you. Get a clue here. This is about you averting my sight line. As long as your eyes cannot be seen directly by me, it's all good. All right? Right now, I need to play some music. Uh, You know, as difficult as it was, uh, I, for the most part, followed your policy of averting my line of sight towards you during that episode, Spud. At times, well, yeah, it was. It was somewhat difficult, but I'm a team player, so I did my best. Yeah, I mean, you you, you did an okay job of it. There there were still a few moments I felt you were looking at me, you know, out of the corner of your eyes. You know, Mm -hmm. that peripheral vision thing. But But I dealt with it. Spud. If you ever told me I couldn't look you in the eyes, I would kick you in the nuts. Pardon my language, Dorothy, but you're an even bigger dick back then before I started working here on the show. Oh my, Spud has irked many people over the years. You should have seen the blowback his parents got at every single back-to-school night. The teachers hated him. Not not all of my teachers hated me, Aunt Dorothy. Oh, that's kind of an exaggeration. Uh, I remember my home economics teacher, Mrs. Grimes, put me in charge. You know when she had to leave the classroom. 
uh, which she did quite a lot, I got to say. I mean, I, I learned later, I guess she, she had a really serious problem with Vicodin. But, but anyway, let, let's not just stereotype me as, as another horrible person in the entertainment world that grates on everyone. And, you know, and, yeah, yeah, anyway, because that's, that's just not fair. Okay, well, maybe a handful of people have not found you to be a major jerk, but I think the votes are in, and it's a landslide. You're very difficult to get along with. Forget about Ellen. It's lucky you've always just had a small staff on your cable TV and radio show, and none of them have ever gone to the press and told the truth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. I have been fortunate that nothing, you know, too heinous has leaked out over the years. But anyway, let's, let's get back on topic. We need we need to get going here. So let's run the interview I did with one of the all-time great wrestlers, Mick Foley. I love this guy. Have I mentioned I was the manager of my high school wrestling team? Yes, yes. you have. Yes. Well, okay. I'm j I would have loved to have had the opportunity to have jumped into the conversation about wrestling with Mick, but of course, you, Spud, would not allow it. You sure do have a lot of rules on your show, Spud. Yes, yeah. and to think he had such difficulty following rules himself over the years. Spud, I'm not saying you're a full-on hypocrite, but a little consistency would be nice. I'm not a total hypocrite, Aunt Dorothy. I, I try to be consistent in what I say and do, but it's, it's not always easy for me to pull off, you know? I'm only human. I mean, someone tell Dave to, to run the interview with Mick now, please. All right, super. Well, my first question I have is, uh, what gave you more satisfaction in the ring, being a heel or, or the fan favorite? Because I, I would think the boos are much more of a rush, but I've never had to walk up to the ring with huge, overweight males yelling and spitting at me. you got to be mentally tough to handle that, right? Uh, you know, it, it, it's good for your humility. Uh, you develop uh, you know, a, a pretty thick skin. And, and the people, psychologically, who start their careers out as bad guys, like, <laughs> tend to be the nicer guys because they don't buy into the hero thing you know like right seen the other side uh you know they've 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 been harassed and and in the old days you know guys used to have to fight their way out of buildings and uh you know and have tires slashed and things like that and so they can really appreciate uh, the cheers they're both they were both kind of cool you know i i, I wouldn't want to be a a bad guy with a lot, like as we say in wrestling, a lot of heat with the whole social media thing. I don't know if I'd want to be bombarded with bad stuff 24-7. Right. Well, which, which of the personas that you wrestled under did you enjoy the most and what was your least favorite while competing in the ring? Because it had to get schizophrenic. I mean, did they all sort of run together in your mind when you were Mankind took over, and you took over for Cactus Jack and then maybe Dude Love popped up? What, what? <laughs> you know, it, was, uh, it reminded me of watching the guy uh, who, who changes roles in uh, Phantom of the opera like yeah. it's a really demanding role it was yeah there's challenges dude love was you know there was not a lot of uh depth to that character like uh to this day like for example we raised money for a santa claus documentary i did uh last great. year called i am santa claus uh through partially through video messages so i told the director i could do dude love i could do mankind I can't go deep. I can't do cactus anymore. To, you know, it's like too much of an emotional toll. So that one was difficult. Well, you're uh, while you're touring, you know, with your stand-up act. I wanted. I was just curious. Have you ever had like a wrestling fan get a little too enthusiastic at one of your shows oh, and yeah. had to administer an Arabian face buster or something cool? 
No, no. You know what? I know this is going to be a disappointing answer, but I have learned. I don't. I don't get hecklers. I get like over enthusiastic fans. Like, and I, I'm a storyteller. I want to let people know. I'm not going to like do set up punchlines. Uh, so the stories are, are usually. You know, they usually end in, in humorous fashion. They don't have to, which is what I like, which is what I call an evening with. Mm-hmm. But occasionally we'll get, like, the over-exuberant fan with the help of a little alcohol who thinks they're impressing me by, like, yelling out the end of the story, like, in their mind. It's like, I know this. Let me let him know I know it by yelling out, cookies. <laughs> you know, and I'll just kind of, I've found a way to very gently but firmly make that person feel bad about themselves. I because if I, if I, if I, if I fire back at them, then with the help of alcohol, which is a strange and powerful drug, they will believe they're part of the show and feel encouraged to yell out more. And, uh, and so I found like I'll sacrifice the laughs that I could get by putting that guy in his place by very gently explaining to him <laughs> that nobody paid to listen to them. And you could just kind of see it making them feel bad. And, uh, and, uh, on w- in one case, we were in Rochester, New York. A guy just wouldn't show up, and so the uh, the club owner just took him, you know, took him uh, by the arm and uh, sat him next to the uh, president of the New York State chapter of the Hell's Angels. And uh, oh. we didn't hear another peep from that young man that day. Well, well I, I've seen your stare down, and that's that's got to do the trick because the guy's going <laughs> to wet himself on the spot. So, all right, you know, Spud. What do you think about me getting an on-air name? Uh, Even my wife has said there's not many radio personalities named Gerald out there. She thinks a snappier name might help me someday get a job as a host. And it begins. What is it with co-hosts and their dreams of someday becoming a host? Can't this wait until later? Okay. Doing an interview right now. I, I hear you, but I forgot to mention this earlier before we went on the air. Just think about some possible names and we can kick them around when the show's over. Yeah. Can I return to the interview now? Sure, uh, but how about give some thought to maybe Homeboy Brian, or how about Screaming Stevie? Those are a couple of my kids throughout this morning. Um, well, besides losing some teeth in the ring, uh, roughly speaking, how many stitches do you think you've had over the years in wrestling? You know, it was like uh, 300 when I retired the first time mm. in uh, in uh, 2000, and then I picked up like another 50 over the occasional. The comebacks I made <laughs> tended to be kind of kind of gruesome affairs. I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't <laughs> perform on the same level, so I had to add some bells and whistles, and and not everything turned out the way I hoped. So uh, yeah, we're up around 350. It's not a world record by any uh, any means, but it's uh, I guess it's a pretty decent number yeah uh, yeah i'd say so were you a bleeder well wow, that's that's a hefty number uh, you know i barely it, it doesn't even look like it uh, people some of the guys at the dressing room are like have you had work done because i appear to be more youthful than i was in like 99 i'm like well that's because i you know 99 i was walking around i'd been walking around for 15 years with a perpetual wince you know so uh there is life after wrestling, and it can be pretty good. All right, super. Well, in 2012, you appeared on Celebrity Wife Swap, one of my favorite shows. A lot of our guests have actually appeared on that show. I don't think I could handle being ordered around the house by a total stranger. I'd probably just go the passive-aggressive route when told to take out the garbage. <laughs> was it good for you? Yeah, we liked it. It was some of my finest work. Uh, and it was actually my idea on the second day of filming to go up and go, you guys want me to do some type of makeover? And they went, you would do that? I looked at him. I said, even I know you don't wear tie-dye and paisley together. Like, I had really let myself go so that the uh, makeover could be dramatic. So, we, you know, we clipped off 13 inches of hair and donated it to uh, uh, Locks of Love for, uh, you know, women Super. 
uh, you know, have lost their hair uh-huh. to uh, uh, radiation. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and I found, and I found the one groom, you know, I pride myself on the natural look. But once I saw that Just for Men could kind of make you look five years younger, five minutes a month, I was like, I can do that. And I did. As a matter of fact, I, I just took out the gray last night, so I'll be looking good when I hit the stage uh, that, at the parlor. That's that's very cool to know. Uh, well, <laughs> off the record, let me ask you, did the network outlaw temporary marital relations? Because no one ever answers that question when I hit them up with it. <laughs> Wait, off the record, yes. on, 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 on radio. Correct. Did the... Uh, <laughs> What do you mean, did they outlaw temporary marital Well, relations? you know, it's like some kind of benefits. I mean, you got to be there a week, right? For I don't know how long you had to shoot the... the oh, oh, that network. I thought yeah. you meant the new WWE network no. for only nine ninety nine a month. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, don't think that was, I don't think that was an issue for my... You know, uh, Cheryl <laughs> did not express... I didn't sense, like, uh, uh, an attraction that we were fighting off. Uh, oh, no electricity? I sp- I, all right. I can't speak for... Uh, we liked her. We all really liked her. Uh, I can't speak for my wife, who spent the week with uh, Antonio Sabato. Jr. was the most handsome man who's ever lived anywhere. Yeah, that's kind of tough to go up against. Uh, (laughs) Well, last question. Um, What's been your most memorable moment outside of the ring? I've had a lot of great moments. You know, um, uh, you know, hitting number one in the New York Times bestseller list, especially the book I wrote myself. Yeah, was uh, was really cool. Uh, I was the uh, volunteer of the month for an organization called Rain, mm-hmm. uh, the nation's largest anti-sexual assault organization. And believe me, I deserved it because I really worked hard and I was a good volunteer. So those are two things I'm I'm really proud of. Yeah, you've been very active in that organization. Just wrapping up your your fundraiser for that, correct? Yeah, 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 that's right. Uh, last year we uh, raised $112,000 with no advertising budget. And that's really cool for, uh, you know, for a subject that's tough to talk about. And nobody holds a golf tournament for that subject. No one wears, a, you know, a wristband. It's uh, really tough. And so having the WrestleMania raffle gives us a chance to earn money, create awareness. And uh, we're tallying up the figures and hoping that we approach or top the 112 k that we got last year. I want to thank you so much for checking in with us, Mr. Foley. And I just wanted to say, this is really... Spud, you have a number of favorite wrestlers. I I know you really liked that Big Show guy. Uh, You had him on your old cable TV show and uh, our radio show. You know, if you had to choose, which wrestler is your favorite? Who who would it be? Well, that's kind of an inappropriate question. I mean, I love Mick, and yeah... I do really like the Big Show a lot. I mean, way, way back when he was on my cable show, he was the giant. And there are a few others, you know, that I also enjoy too, but it would be kind of like picking out a a favorite kid for a parent. I just, I can't go there. Well, put me down as a vote for Mick Foley. I've never had children, of course, so I'm not troubled by picking out my favorite wrestler. I think with Mick's virile, swarthy look, well, well, I just think he is so hot. Nothing against the big show, but he's a very large human being. Not that we would ever hook up, as I'm totally in love with Chance. But if I was single, I just wouldn't feel comfortable romantically with him. Bigger isn't always better, right, Dorothy? That Uh, is true. (laughs) I used to fool myself thinking that, but, you know, I've been set straight on on it by many women, you know, I've dated or or been married to. I'll... 
I was told the truth that the, the bigger, the better. So uh, I'm sure the big show does very, very well romantically. I don't think you guys should be evaluating wrestlers by their carnal appeal. You are sexually objectifying them, and that's just wrong. Well, you tell that to the millions of women who tune into WWE and WrestleMania. Gerald, you just are so naive. Well, I have no problem with Dorothy fantasizing about pro wrestlers. She knows I have an attraction to female golfers. Well, I don't golf myself. It's really a boring activity, but the women do look very attractive with golf clubs in their hands. Chance, thank you for not calling golf a sport. I appreciate that. That's the, you know, it's kind of always just bugged me when, when they cut the golf on sports center. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Okay. Let's, let's move on to the interview we had with our musical guest on this episode, the shaken growlers. Uh, somebody roll it. All right. It's musical guest interview time, but before we do, I might, I need to say this for the record. Um, our lovely designated laugher, Gina is uh, beyond tough. She's already left the studio, puked, come back and is still sitting and doing her job. Yeah. I, props to you. Okay? Good job. Good job, Gina. What? Thank you. Just I, I would say keep a, a clear. Yes. Keep, path. Yes. keep yes. the keep the doorway uh, open. And yeah. this is definitely no joke. Yes. Uh, it's not funny. So anyway, okay, gentlemen, please say hello to the Shaking Growlers. How you guys doing? Great. Doing fine. Step right up Great. to the microphone. Um, so let uh, let me let me ask you this. Uh, give your name, your uh, I guess your blood type, and the instrument that you play. Uh, Mike Chachi Mo Rock and Dippery. Uh, be positive, and I play bass and sing. Super. Phil Bentz, O positive, uh, guitar and vocals. Jerry Jeff, A, I think. <laughs> Drums. Better check that out for sure, though. You never yeah. know. Especially, well, anyway, uh, I take it that all three of you guys have, have been in a bunch of bands over the years. So does anybody have like a good horror story that broke up your band or were all of them like amicable? And if that's the case, maybe make something up because we don't, you know, we want something juicy here. Well, we've been in bands for a long time. As that's a, what I heard. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, but we were in uh, a band that was a uh, Elvis punk rock tribute band uh, oh. called the Graceland Five. And... Uh, the bass player, it was his thing, and he had uh, he was bipolar, so that broke that band up. Ooh, you had some great stories, I bet, then. <laughs> yeah, it was super. It was up and down. Okay, all right, all right. Well, what's the name of the first song we're going to do? First song is called Hoarders. All right, let's hear it. All right, let's clean it up, Phil. Ready? <laughs> Neighbors finally lodged a complaint Clean up your house so you must be clean Where do you eat? Where do you hide? Where do you hide to take her down? Order Every year the garbage shame piles higher Conditions, clutter, hygiene becoming dire Where do you eat? Where do you cry? Where do I take a nap? Order Adult protective service collar Or am I living in total squalor? 
Love times mess cleaned up in days. Yeah. Can't seem to throw nothing away. Cause you're a hold on. Here, Phil. The cleaning crew's got defibrillated matters. Another carcass of a missing kitty cat. Where do you, where do you, where do you lie to take a nap? Order. But she would not leave a treasure hole. Although the city declared it inhabitable Love times mess cleaned up in days Yeah Can't seem to throw nothing Can't seem to throw nothing Can't seem to throw nothing This is the Spud Goodman Show Okay, right now we are going to air a segment with our old show engineer on one who, after leaving the show, found a job in Central America. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, he called in from some remote region down there. I, I remember being kind of worried about his physical safety during this call. Oh, I also remember being quite shook uh, during this segment. You know, on one is a fearless guy. Again. This guy left the show before I started working here, but I've heard a lot about him. I guess he was a very interesting man. Well, I too have heard a lot about On One. From what I know, he was a real risk taker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's one way to describe him. Uh, somebody run this segment. Hey, uh, Spud, guess who's calling? Uh, how do I? That's your job. How do I know who's Tell, tell me who's calling. Well, you know, I could handle the calls if you that? want, Spud. I have a lot of experience handling the phones from my last job as a legal secretary. We had like 12 lines, and I was pretty good at keeping things under control. Yeah, no, that won't be necessary, Gina. Spud, it's on one calling in from somewhere still outside the U.S. The intern said he's not in Belize anymore. Well, put him through. Hey, on one, are you there? Spud? But yeah. Hey, can you speak up a bit? We don't okay. have a good satellite phone connection where I'm at now. Okay. It's pretty far out in the country. Okay. I'm working in Honduras now. Honduras? My boss wanted to move our farming operation here because of the pro-business climate. There's no taxes or laws, basically. They decided to go free balling a while ago. Basically, no government. Everything's a la carte here. Well... Sounds like kind of the Wild West, then. Are, are you safe down there? Hey, uh, on one, I thought it was pretty hairy for you in Belize, but I've read in the papers about Honduras. It's the second most dangerous country on Earth. Why in heavens would you move there? And you're on one, duck. Oh. I see him. I see him. No biggie. Just relax. Everything's under control. Uh, Spud, look, I was wondering if you would be interested in coming down here to visit. I can send a private plane to SeaTac and take you and whoever you... Uh, Look, look, I see him. Look, I see him. No worries. Hey, Spud, the beaches down here are incredible. I don't think you surf, but the waves are awesome. Charlie, don't surf! 
Hey, man, I, I didn't know you surfed either. Um, on one. On one. Are, are you wearing a flak jacket? Yeah, you know, in, in this country, everyone wears one, Gina. They're like the North Face coats up there in Washington. They make them in all colors. But it's a free market down here, so the prices are pretty high. A pizza costs 60 to $70. And with delivery, it's like 200 Private security detail costs a lot of money. Gosh, on one, it sounds like it's the landing at Normandy. You should take cover. Why don't you? Gerald, if I stopped working every time I heard some gunshots or explosions, we would never get the season's crop tended to. I supervise a crew of about 40 guys, and after a week or so of being here, you just learn to go with the flow. Some days are crazier than others, though. Should we fire that cannon now? Uh, hey, I, I don't know what you... Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much or what you get paid to supervise people down there at your farm, but just remember, money isn't everything. Oh, I'm, I'm not just here for that, but you know I love working with my hands in the soil. Plus, the last few years, I, I had some trouble with my knees during the winter up there in Washington. The weather down here is absolutely beautiful each and every day. I know I've only been here for a short while, but I tell you, it's God's country. Look, look, that plant may be legal up here in this state and a few other states now, but, you know, no job should be that scary. You should probably just go take cover somewhere. I'll let you go. Well, do you want me to send the plane up to Seattle to get you and, you know, whoever else you want to bring? You can stay as long as you want. My boss has a personal relationship with the president down the here. The police are coming. This is an Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go check in the trunk of my car. The brown suitcase. Not the black one. Just hand them the brown one, and it's all good. They get back to work. Look, hey, I, I need to get going here, so we can talk again soon, all right? Sure, Spud. But like I said, you would love it down here, okay? Hopefully soon the U.S. will wise up and try this system, too. Well, uh, I don't know. I hope not. Because, you know, the DMV up here is not sounding that bad right now. Um, I, I, I think I've seen that Thunderdome movie you're living through right now, and I'm no Mad Max, so no thank you. I think I'll hang up here. I'll I'm talk to you soon. Bye. Should we shoot them? No, 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 no. That won't be necessary. Look, look, here, I'll shoot them away. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Get out of here, you freaking cows. Bye, Spud. I got to go and see that. I hope it's still better. Boy. Please try your call again later. Well, that was something. We do know that On One is still around, right? I haven't heard anything about him in the last couple of years. I, I think he's okay. He's not on social media that I know of, so I've uh, kind of lost contact with what he's up to. He, he might be involved in something that, uh, you know, prevents him from sharing, you know, to the, to the public uh, what he's up to. So you know what I mean. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. Hopefully, if something's gone wrong, there are some means he could be um, identified, if need be. You know, like uh, dental records or, or something. He's a pretty smart guy, so I'm betting he's he's holed up somewhere, uh, like on a nice beach enjoying a beer. Well, really, somebody should make a movie about Antoine. He is a larger-than-life figure. Yeah, like maybe we could get Tom Cruise to play him. Uh Tom Cruise is a 60-year-old man, so that wouldn't work. I think on one's about 35 or so now, nowadays. All right, well, let's just get back to more of our conversation about that policy, you know, I I implemented uh, specifically for Gerald uh, yeah. to not look at me during the show. Uh, roll it. 
Hey, uh, say, Spud, uh, can I ask you a question? What suddenly brought up this fixation with staff, or I guess just me, having to not look directly at you? It's quite a surprise. Well, you know, it's something I've been thinking about for a while, because I read this story in a magazine. It was an online magazine. I forgot what it's called. But it dealt with the entertainment business, and quite a few major stars feel very strongly about this issue, specifically... (laughs) You know, their inner space being violated by extraneous, non-essential staff and crew, from Christian Bale to Madonna to Prince, they all feel much more comfortable on the set or on stage, you know, without this distraction. Hmm. Well, you know, you are the host of this program, and if that's how you feel, we, or I guess Gerald, will have to honor your wishes. Well, why didn't you say so? Thank you. But but Spud, and, and notice I'm I'm looking down at the floor right now out of respect for yes, your wishes. and continue to. I, I, I'm trying, but this is going to severely limit my ability to stay connected throughout the program. Like right now, while staring down, I feel like I'm separated from everyone, like like I'm a castaway on a Seriously. or something. That's a tad dramatic, don't you well, think? Like you're a temporary fill-in co-host. You aren't supposed to be connected to the show in any fashion. Just sit there, nod your head, and maybe emit an occasional giggle at the appropriate time um i would say that area is totally covered on my part so he can just continue to stare at the floor for the rest of the show maybe you shouldn't mm-hmm. giggle or do much more laughing or anything because it could elicit some sort of bodily response that we are not really prepared for hmm. get the bucket please get I, that bucket back i can't i couldn't see if she's not feeling well because i'm looking at the floor and it's quite humiliating as i feel i'm being singled out here and i don't know why hey, hey, hey don't raise uh, your head look at me i can see you looking at me with peripheral vision right I'm now look, t- look t- no turn I can still see you looking. Okay, okay, that's fine. All right. Um, I suggest if he does not comply, maybe you get an intern to find a plastic bag or something and take care of the job for good. Gina, that is a terrible suggestion. I couldn't breathe with a plastic bag over my head. Hey, you're starting to raise your head again. And and with that, your field of vision, I, I don't feel comfortable with that. And I don't want to be like a nitpicker here, but you're violating the letter of the law. But, but how am I going to communicate with the guys on the soundboard or with the phone calls? I have to maintain eye contact with them or I won't know if our guests are on the line waiting. All right, fine. You can maintain eye contact with the board as they're like right in front of you. Thank Just you. make sure you look straight ahead and not turn your head. No, no. Yeah, Okay, straight ahead. Yes. No, I, and if you I can't am. follow this simple directive, then I may have to go with a plastic bag option. Well, that won't be necessary. So the, right now they're telling me. You know, a true team player would not have whined so much about a, a simple ask by the host of the program, a program that you're so lucky to be a small part of. I know I've apologized, sort of, you know, for for this short-lived rule, but it wasn't like I told you to, like, stand on your head in a corner during the program. Well, you know what? That would have been less humiliating than being told to look at the ground in your presence. When I was a youngster, I was pretty good at standing on my head for long periods of time. Youngster? You sound like an oldster with that one. Yeah. I can stand on my head for hours if need be. I can even play video games upside down. I did it the other night at Dorothy's house when she was binging Grey's Anatomy. It's just not my kind of show. Uh, And I really appreciate you giving me some personal time to watch my show's chance. We mostly do like the same programs and movies, but there are a few where we go it alone. We do have a rule, though. No more than three episodes in a row before we exit out or turn off the TV. You know, romance is still the superpower of our relationship, and we always make time for that. 
Okay, whatever. So now let's run some of the interview I did with actor-comedian Mario Cantone. Uh, I remember he was on like a rooftop of some building in New York City during it. Um, yeah, and Mario's best known for playing Anthony on Sex and the City, and now he's co-starring on the show's sequel on HBO Max, and it's titled And Just Like That. Uh, that's a lot of seasons of sexual activity in New York City, you know, by people not exactly under 30. Uh, you know, I've never seen sex in the city. My wife, Rachel, never felt comfortable tuning into that show. Uh, it was the title, I think. Well, really, I loved Sex in the City when it was on HBO years ago. But I haven't seen the new version on HBO Max. There are a few good shows on it, but most of their movies are about superheroes, that Marvel stuff. I myself stay away from that channel. Chance can watch it at his parents' house as he loves the superhero movies. And I think after the wedding, when we get used to living together in the same house, you'll learn to love superhero movies too, Dorothy. Uh, maybe. It'll just take some time. Uh, someone just run the, the interview with Mario, please. All right, please welcome actor, writer, and stand-up comedian Mario Cantone. Welcome to our show. Well, I'm glad to be on your show. Yeah. I'm on, a, I'm on a rooftop in New York City right now. Um, so, Mario, i got to ask you this. You come from, a lo- you come from a large Italian-American family. As I had many friends from similar families growing up, can I ask if you had plastic covers on the furniture in the living room? Because I always liked that. And no. I felt a sense of comfort. I, no, we, no. First of all, you know, my, we had like a purple couch that was, looked like a French provincial freight train. It was about a mile long and had a tufted back. It was like a purple velvet couch. But ironically, my mother did not have the, the, the plastic on there because I don't know why she did. Most Italians do, though. But yes. it's ridiculous because in the summer, if you're in shorts, you get up and, and the skin rips off your thighs. It's horrible. It's, it's terrible. But, yeah, they, we, 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 we didn't have it. My, my, my mother figured, you know, what, what you have, you have. What you use, you use. We, we didn't cover it. But a lot of Italians do. I know, I know a lot of my. I, I just felt a comfort because I knew if I spilt or anything, it just I don't know, it just made me feel safe. So anyway, that's, <laughs> that's true. You'd have to go scrubbing out the uh, the wine stains. Right, right. Yeah, we did break out a little wine in in middle school. Yeah, anyway, that's another story. Um, say you. Yeah, we did too. <laughs> yeah, we did too. My father let us have a little wine at the dinner table. Absolutely. It's, you know. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a, a good way to, to to be disciplined and to uh, having a little wine with dinner. It wasn't a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let me move on to a topic that uh, I wanted to hit you up with. You did the late uh, Joan Rivers roast on Comedy Central in two thousand nine. How did. significant of a figure was Joan to comedy, in your opinion? Well, she she was you know she was she was the one that continued to fight the political correct beliefs. Mm-hmm. It was a constant thing for her. She never apologized. She just kept going forward. You know, she was someone that was, you know, I really believe this. The comedians that are, like, kind of tough and biting on stage are usually the most giving and nice ones off stage. I have found that in my career mm-hmm. growing up. Like Kathy Griffin, she's a tough one on stage. But she's, like, the nicest person. You know, I, I, I just... I think she she was just a good woman. She gave gave a lot to 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 you know Thanksgiving. She would go around to um, what, what was it? oh God, God's help we deliver, which was, which was a, a place to deliver to, to, to people that were ill. I mean, she, she, 
she was very giving. She was a good person. But, I, you know, she, she was from the old school of comedy where she was like, I'm saying this, and this is what I do, and this is what makes me funny. And I hate roasts. I hate them. I've only done two uh, because, you know, you sit there and you're a gay punching bag for two hours. Yeah. So, you know, for her, I did it because I love her and she asked me. She was my friend. We also did an Old Navy commercial together and we were friends. And she was just a, she, uh, she will really, really be missed, but she was very significant. I mean, it's like, it's like Don Rickles, too, who, who's, you know, still alive. He, he's, you know, he doesn't do television as much as Joan did. Um, he's also much older, but he, he, he's another one that I bet still has to fight the, the political correct police because he comes from that, from that insult comedy, you know, where he can, another one, the mean one on stage, nicest guy in the world. Right. You know? Well, I know she's she certainly lady. she certainly kicked the door in for other women in comedy. There's no, obviously, she's... Uh, oh, yeah. absolutely. She, that, that's, that she, she surely did for the, you know, for the, for, for uh, she did it for the, for the people that didn't think women were funny. You know, she was one of the funniest. Yes. I, I think she's a, a, a great example that they were wrong. And, and she did. She she did kick the door on for women. She 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 was a big influence to a lot of women and a lot of a lot of, a lot of guys. She was a big influence to me too. Right. Mario, what has been your most memorable moment in show business to this point? Right. Yes. Cliche. Yes. But that's what I do. My 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 favorite. My favorite moment, I think, I think opening night of, of my one-man show on Broadway was amazing because uh, it was a great night. Everybody was there. It was like, you know, Dennis Leary was there and Ben Stiller. Oh, and, super. Yeah, my great finds. It was, you know, uh, it was an amazing night. And the party was at the Rainbow Room on top of 30 Rockefeller wow. in New York. And, and we were supposed to have another room, and the room wasn't ready, and the room happened to be run by the same people that were with Cipriani, they were running the, the room at the time, and they didn't have this other room ready, so they, they, for the same price, they gave my producers the Rainbow Room, and we had a swing band, and um, it was amazing. It was an amazing night. I'll never forget it, and the reviews were really good, so it all worked out, and, uh, and then, um, so that was probably, that was probably it, definitely. You don't do things on a small scale. Sounds like that's that. That would have no, been a memorable. I know. Well, not, yeah. No, I don't. I know. I'm pretty grand. It's a little ridiculous, you know. Hey, <laughs> hey, you only live once. All right. Well, here you have it. Thank you very much for checking in with Thank us tonight, Mister Mario hey, Cantone. I enjoy talking to you. Too. Mario was on the money about certain comedians, you know, who seem real tough but are actually sweethearts off stage, you know. We had both Don Rickles and Kathy Griffin on our show, and uh, they were so freaking nice. No attitude at all, and, you know, they were so generous with their time. I know you still hold the memory of speaking with Don Rickles as a most memorable moment for you, Spud. You've mentioned it many times. Yeah, yeah, it still is something that I'll always, always treasure. I mean, yeah, I mean, times changed, and some of his ethnic humor was not considered appropriate towards the end of his career, but he remains a comedy legend. May he rest in peace. Well, I just want to say that after listening to this old interview with Mario, I just might sign up for HBO Max and watch a few episodes of that new version that he's co-starring in. 
That would be so awesome, Dorothy. I was really hoping we could get HBO Max. You guys, okay. you guys, there are so many great channels on good old regular TV, you know, where you don't have to pay to watch it. Like uh, like Blue Bloods, CSI, or uh, Celebrity Family Feud. What? No Murder, She Wrote? Well... I do believe one can find those old episodes somewhere, but I've developed a fondness for newer shows these days. Don't say I'm not able to change with the times. Right. Okay. Well, I, I guess now we're going to take a listen to the end of this particular episode. Uh, I, I do know that, that that NASCAR guy who always was bugging us to do a NASCAR segment on our show got a call through. I guess he got through screening and, and was this a, a normal, obnoxious self? He, he would never take no for an answer. Uh, and, and regarding that don't look at me issue, actually, I don't even remember totally if anything was settled or not. But anyway, let, let's run it and, and see. Cool. Yeah, I, I totally remember how this episode ended. Is this segment going to be any more interesting than the other stuff you've played? I sure hope so. Honey, I know you're not featured in these early episodes, but we need to be supportive of Spud with this new project. He feels this material still has value. So, you know, let it be. Yeah. If you don't have anything positive to say, just keep it to yourself. Uh, Run the last segment, please. Hey, Spud, this guy's on the line, and he says you know him, that he's a friend. My friends call me on my cell, all uh-huh. right, not live on the air. What's his name? Well, they just said he's calling about car racing or uh, something. No, no, it could. If it's the dude, I think. Uh, hey, 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 am I on the air now? Can uh, you hear me? Oh, yeah, yes, caller, you yeah. are on the air. Is there something you wanted to ask, no, Spud? This, I know this dude. Oh, hey, hey, Spud, 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 it's me. And you remember me, right? I used to call all the time yeah, about NASCAR racing, but you know, I, I got to tell you, for some reason, I haven't been able to get through to you guys for months. Yeah, I know, I know that. It, it took a total team effort to make that happen, and now somebody drops the ball, and a breach of security occurs. You know, it only takes one weak link in an organization for something like this to happen again. Maybe Gina. I know oh, Gina. Okay, look, Gina's you know, sick tonight. Maybe I, that's maybe. But I, I gotta tell you, I was calling about Kevin Harvick because can you believe this? Yeah. Who, who is who is Kevin Harvick? Like, hey, hey, did you just uh, look at me when you no. said that to no. look down, down, down? Okay, caller, I, I, I'm, I think I've heard the name. I think he's a guy who drives a really fast car around in circles, right? I, I gotta go now. I got. Are you to kidding go. me, Kevin Harvick? You know, he is the only, the, the only NASCAR driver that in the last 41 years to, to have started the racing season like this. Two first, two seconds of the first four races. It is amazing. And wait, wait a minute. Were you guys just playing a Formula One car a minute ago? You know, you guys do that all the time. It's the wrong sport, guy. Come on, it's like comparing football to ba- baseball. Sport? How much of a sport is it to have someone buy you the fastest car? I mean, could he win in a used Ford Focus? I don't think so. You know, without a rich dude willing to pay 300 grand for his ride, he'd be just like you. Someone who, when he wants to step on it, still has to keep it under, you know, 65 on the freeway. Oh, oh, look, do I have to remind you again that NASCAR is the most popular spectator sport in, in America? Well, there you go again. There you go, calling it a sport. 
It's a competition. Sports are played with balls. Well, now, wait, wait a minute, Spud. Were you aware that NASCAR was the most popular sport in this country? I, I certainly had no idea. You should maybe reconsider your skepticism and maybe tap into this. NASCAR could give this show a needed boost. Yes! That's what I've been trying to tell him for forever, for a long yeah. time. I've been volunteering to do, be the show's NASCAR correspondent and bring something to this show that would be a big plus. And you know what that is? It's listeners. I've told you previously that if I have to use a gimmick and pretend that I'm a NASCAR fan just to bring in listeners to the show, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm not a sellout. I, it was not going to happen. Well, I, you know, I, I'm telling you, and don't don't play another Formula One sound effect because that's going to offend the NASCAR guys. Don't do that when I'm on the call. No. Hey, it's it's our uh, you know it's our white noise, the last line of defense for for people like you. It's going to remain as long as you're on the air. It's going to be on the air during my show. So hang up if you can't stomach it. No, 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 no. I my mission's not complete here. Okay, can I do a NASCAR segment like next week or something? No. I guarantee I could triple you guys' ratings. I and mean, you're aired down like South, no. right? Like Florida or Texas or something. Yeah, those are. are my people. They eat, drink, and breathe NASCAR. Come on, what do you say? Well, I, I say give this man a NASCAR segment, and let's see if we can tap into some of those car sponsors who you know might be willing to buy some ad time on our show. Oh, what? It's not that easy. Cialis or Bud Light? I have no need for either product in my life, okay? Caller, I gotta go. I gotta go. And why don't you call, like, Sean Hannity's radio show? He might give you a shot. Oh, my God. Do you, do you have his number? Yeah, bye. Later, dude. Um, okay, so... No, listen, I, I think you're gonna regret turning your back on this opportunity. Big mistake. Hey, keep bud. looking. You, look, you just no, looked up. I didn't. Look down. All right. So I need to say publicly that... You know, I have, I've never really felt this free and unencumbered in my role as host of this radio show. I can kind of now get it why so many stars wish to create a bubble around them. You know, while they're performing or, you know, early on the set. Limiting things that annoys you is the key, I think, you know, to being the best you can be. Well, I'd I just like to add one thing if I can, Spud. Um, excuse me? I saw your eyes for a brief moment. Uh, Don't misinterpret my bubbly persona right now for softness. And I should probably state that Gina had to leave the studio. The listeners wondering where she went. She uh, literally is, puked her way out of the studio yeah. and is probably puking down to her car right now. And I, she's a trooper. I got. I think we need to like uh, on the drum. Can you give her like a a little bit of a thank you so much? Yeah, All right, good, she is good. a trooper. I miss most anyway, of it because I was looking down. Anyway, this has been one of my best shows, and the biggest reason is. You've accepted your role, and, and that is a non-role. A co-host is, in essence, like the vice president of the United States, a waste of human flesh until, well, God forbid, he or she is needed in a moment of tragedy. You know, if anything should happen to me, then of course, of course I'm going to relent on my directive, and you'll be able to main, you know, make some direct eye contact with me. You say your final goodbyes to me when they wheel me away to the ambulance. But until then, just continue on, all right? Yeah, but I'm staring at the floor, and my neck is getting really sore. I've not used these muscles to this degree before. I may have to see my chiropractor tomorrow. What do I do if he advises me to discontinue straining my neck by looking down? Then you've got a labor and industries claim here, Spud. Oh, it's wow. an, they I'm call scared. it an unsafe work environment. Look, you're going to have to play that card. I knew you'd have to play it. I knew it. That's all you got. I'm very well, disappointed in you. Choosing your own personal comfort over the success of this show? Uh, no, no, no. Wow. I just can't believe that you did this. I thought you were a team player. This seals it. Oh, I'm sorry you see it that way, Spud, but I'm not going to put my physical health at risk here. There are some things more important than making this successful. Fine, be that way. Just lift up your head, you little I, Jeez, you would have... You 
Ah, I can't believe this. This is Spud Goodman. Everybody, be all you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. I need to say publicly that following this episode, our HR department made sure I was never again subjected to this type of demeaning treatment on the job. Now, do you remember, Spud? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of remember that meeting we had. Oh, it was the next day, right? I think. Um, yeah, like you said, it's kind of hazy, but I sort of remember you whining so much. They, they said you could look at me directly on the next episode. Uh, well, I don't know. Um, and the lesson learned, at least for me, was never expect coworkers to do what's best for the program as they're, you know, often selfish and me oriented. Well, with the exception of our former designated laugh, Regina. Now, this very pregnant woman puked her guts out during the show. Why? Be she, because she knows there is no I in team. What a oh, trooper you know, she I, is. I would gladly continue working if I had puked on the air. I, I could handle it. And, you know, Gina never had to look at the ground during any point in this episode. She was given free reign to look at you directly in the eyes, Spud. And there was clearly preferential treatment given to her i'm yeah i'm thinking the pregnancy card was played here oh no you don't don't go there gerald yeah it, make, it makes you sound just like a male chauvinist pig yeah you do sound kind of piggy right now gerald i'd stop talking if i were you great advice chance and now it, it is the right time to wrap up this episode of inside the spud goodman radio show so I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. You know, if men could give birth, it would be a level playing field. I I'm just saying that men get the short end of the stick with the, the birthing thing. We just have to sit around and wait for hours. Ha! If you were ever pregnant, Gerald, you would be screaming for an epidural the first time the baby moved on you while watching that dumb blue blood show. Oh, Spud was right. You are a You've been listening to the Spud Goodman Radio Show, a portentous harbinger of what the Internet of Things has in store for us all. The show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon. The executive producer is Lori Madsen. Video director is TJ Pites. Our interns are Trent Botello and Anna Howell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2015 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show Podcast, copyright 2023 Spud Goodman Productions.